Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They've reached the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Here we are, episode number 179 of Four Future Considerations. Spring is in the air. World Baseball Classic, playoffs coming in a couple of different leagues. One of the best times of year to be a sports fan coming up. And who better to spend time talking about it with than uh, my good buddy, Matt, and my other good buddy, Manny. Guys, how are you doing? Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Is that spring <laughs> I smell or is that eau de rachat? <laughs> it's all the dog poop that's been covered up all winter. Uh, <laughs> oh... Early no. early March, Rashad's already pulling out the uh, sleeveless shirts. I <laughs> right. like it. Oh, he's wearing a shirt. Oh, I didn't realize that was a shirt. <laughs> yeah, look, it says abolish slavery. <laughs> Rashad, why would you wear a shirt that shows off all your muscles and stuff? A skin tone shirt. That's crazy, Rashad. You, I thought you were jacked, man. I thought you'd just been working out all winter. It's amazing. Good to be with you, fellas. 179. Wow. We want to send our well wishes to our good friend Mike Stuthers, good listener of the podcast, the assistant coach of the Anaheim Ducks, the winningest coach in Owen Sound attack franchise history. Believe it or not, uh, Mike is announced on the weekend that he is battling cancer, mm-hmm. stage three melanoma of the lymph node. And we wish Mike all the best. He's uh, Stutz, I know that you're listening probably. Uh, you're probably trying to take your mind off things. So you listen to us, three knuckleheads. But um, <laughs> we know you're a warrior. We know you're a champion. We know you're going to win this battle too. Good luck, coach. We'll be with Ab- you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Stutz is uh, is is one of the best, and it, it was great to see some of the tributes that some of his colleagues and stuff have uh, have come out with over the over the weekend too. Um, so we certainly appreciate Mike listening. We appreciate everybody listening, and all the emails, messages, questions that we get as well. So thank you, every one of you, for listening to the show. And it's a busy time in the sports world, as I was mentioning. The NHL trade deadline is over. The NHL and NBA playoffs are just around the corner. The baseball season is about to start, and the NFL signings have started. Third down two. It's Jackson. Oh, my gosh, here he goes. He'll sprint. He's being chased by Howard. Looking behind. You can kiss him goodbye. Touchdown. Some big news Tuesdays. Lamar Jackson was signed to a non-exclusive franchise tag by the Baltimore Ravens. It's worth more than $32 million for one season, but it allows Jackson to talk to other teams and gives Baltimore the right to match the deal. What do you guys think of the move by the Ravens? I think it's a smart move by Baltimore. Uh, Just because of the non-exclusive tender, you can still sign them to a relatively good deal like 32 million dollars is expensive without a doubt but when you see some of the other contracts for quarterbacks that's not bad and if he does get signed by another deal or signs an offer sheet your compensation is two first round picks 
I don't think that's terrible. I like the move by Baltimore, and it forces Lamar's hand. And and the market is kind of cooling on Lamar because he's been hurt more than he's been on the field for the last few years. I think it's a smart move by Baltimore. Yeah, that's great. If you end up losing him, those picks, I mean, it's almost like you didn't lose. Yeah, that's it's a great move. You know what, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great move by Baltimore. Listen, this is not only, like you said, a guy that's been betting on himself or tried to bet on himself. Now the team gets to bet on him for a year. And you let whoever else out there set the market for him. All you've got to do is, when he comes back with a deal, say yes or no. And your value is basically whatever amount of money the other team is offering compared to two first-round picks. You know, they come out and want to sign him to some Daniel Jones-like deal. You can laugh in somebody's face and hang up the phone and take the two picks and and go through the the motions again. I I don't see a scenario in this that Baltimore loses. Realistically, if, if he comes out there and gets hurt, his value goes down. Maybe you get him even cheaper if he wants to stay, if, if people aren't interested. If somebody wants to pay out the ass for him, you're going to at least still get two first-round picks where if he walks away for the same amount of money, you get nothing. Right. The deal is $32.4 million to play this year. Yeah. And Lamar's wants five years at 230 guaranteed. That's the Deshaun Watson deal. That's 46 mil a year. Yeah. For a guy, again, who has missed, I think, 13 games over the last two seasons? Like, that is a significant amount of money. I like the move. Force the hand. And some other news from the NFL. The New York Giants have signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million deal. while also signing Saquon Barkley to a non-exclusive franchise tag. Geno Smith is staying in Seattle in a three-year, $105 million contract. And Derek Carr is also going to the Saints on a four-year deal worth $150 million. Any thoughts on those deals? The only thing I like in here is the Derek Carr deal to the, to the Saints. Derek Carr has got some experience with somebody on their staff, whatever it's, I don't think it's the head coach, maybe offensive coordinator. Dennis Allen, the head coach. Yep. Okay. So he's got that, uh, he's got that relationship there as well. That's a reasonable show me contract for, for a pretty decent quarterback that the Raiders destroyed. And so the other ones are, you know, Geno Smith, I think is the prime, not knowing anything about football example of somebody that had Flash in the pan, great year, and not what the standard Geno Smith deal you're going to get. Daniel Jones, I think, is a crazy deal. Saquon Barkley, sure. I mean, you're going to have to do that, but he's very similar to Lamar Jackson in in the way that his career has been in the last couple of seasons. So, sure, that that one's all right, but the only one that makes sense to me is the Derek Carr one. Derek Carr, $37.5 million a year. To, to play for the New Orleans Saints. And it's a good deal because that's not a very good division that he's going to be playing in, right? The NFC South has New Orleans. Atlanta's rebuilding. Carolina still needs a quarterback. And, oh, yeah, Tampa Bay needs a quarterback too. So New Orleans could win that division mm-hmm. with Derek Carr. 
I do like the Geno Smith deal, $35 million a year. I think that's good for Seattle going forward. Uh, I don't like the Daniel Jones deal at $40 million a year. That seems a little bit pricey for me. As an Eagles fan, I'm looking at all these deals, and I'm like, if Daniel Jones is getting $40 million, Geno Smith, thirty-five. Uh, De- Derek Carr, thirty-seven and a half mil a year. What's Jalen Hurts going to make? Forty-five mil a year? Seventy-one last I heard. <laughs> I heard he's looking for a three-year, three hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah. Rashad, I'm going to need another job. <laughs> got to pay for this guy. <laughs> and now let's talk some hockey. Jacob Chikrin is now a member of the Ottawa Senators after a trade from Arizona just before the end of the NHL trade deadline. Most of the moves happened before our show last week, but that Chikrin deal happened afterwards. Same with the LA Kings trade with Columbus to kick Corpusalo and Gabrikov. Those are the biggest moves. What did you guys think of those deals? I like those deals a lot. Uh, I think uh, the Jacob Chikrin deal was great for Ottawa. Because Arizona initially said they wanted a Jack Eichel-like return, which is two firsts and a prospect. And Ottawa gives up a conditional first, a conditional second, and a second. I think that's a steal for Ottawa by playing the waiting game. You heard me on the show say before, I really hope the LA Kings do something. They get a goalie, and they also get a left-shot defenseman who's a human eraser in Gavrikov. I think those moves help the LA Kings get the first overall in the Western Conference. Because I I love those moves. Yeah, Jonathan Quick being sent back to Vegas by Columbus not doesn't look great for the Kings because now you might have to play Jonathan Quick in the playoffs. But I still like my team better than that. If Quick's save percentage was 870, like maybe it's a good thing that you play him in the playoffs. I really like both of those moves, guys. Yeah, the the Chikrin one was was one of the biggest surprises for me, just for like you said, what what Ottawa had to give up. Well, Ottawa doesn't have to touch a, a player on their roster, get arguably the best trade chip in, in the in the game, and we saw first round picks flying around like crazy for much less impressive players. And Jacob Chikrin gets, uh, like you said, a conditional first, which the conditions even on the first is is ridiculous. Like they got to win the Stanley Cup or something like that, and <laughs> it's, uh, it's 15th, still top 10 protected, or uh, it's it's got a few different conditions on there. Like great move for the Senators. And then when you look at the Sens now, and you look at some of the, uh, you know, just their their depth in in D. Uh, this is a team that I think we said at the very beginning, Manny, I know I did, uh, thought that would be a team that I'm really looking forward to to watching, at least seeing what they do and, and how they're able to put together. I think they've been overall pretty disappointing. But you've got Jacob Chikram, you've got, who's 24. You've got Branson uh, or Brandstrom, who's 23. Shabbat's 26. Sanderson's 20. 
Like if you're able to find a way to to get all of those guys under long term deals, uh, you've got arguably the best young defensive core in the NHL. And, and Chikrin signed for the next two years too. You don't have to sign them right away, mm-hmm. right? So 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 that's great. And I think by adding Chikrin, it really helps Ottawa because you know the the difference between Shabbat and the rest of defensemen, the gap was huge. Yeah. Now you're bringing another guy to close that gap, and I think that's a huge move. So if you have to pick your winners and losers at the deadline, who would you pick? Oh, uh, winners and losers. Well, uh, to me, the biggest loser is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, you have all year long made it very clear that this is, like, the way you play – the, the systems that you run, the roster that you have. Like, this is a, a team that is, is they ran out of, of, of air. There, there's nothing left in the oxygen tank. This is an old team who plays slow and is not in any way, shape, or form dangerous because the best three players on that team are the best three players on that team 10 years ago. They right. didn't go out and do much of anything other than Get older guys. Granlin's 31. Benino's 34. Uh, Kulikov, I think, was 32 or something like that. They got older. They didn't really add much uh, help uh, around where where they they needed. Um, to me, this was you know for a team that is is in the window. I mean, there's there's four teams in the Eastern Conference that are out of it. Everybody else is in somehow. The Penguins would be in right now. You talk about teams you don't want to play in the playoffs. There is not much about Pittsburgh that that scares me at all. And and winners, I, you know, I really like what the Bruins did, um, and in uh, making that trade as well to get uh, a little bit better. They get Orlov who scores right away. You know, they're a couple of guys that Hathaway, that Bertuzzi, who kind of comes in and plays maybe that Taylor Hall-type role. They, you know, Bertuzzi was a pretty expensive pick, and I think something the Red Wings handed over pretty pretty easily. Um, but, you know, that, that again just solidifies that that's the counter move to what the Rangers have done, and, and I'm looking forward to the possibility somehow, some way, which I'm sure it's not going to work out because the way that the NHL playoffs are done is stupid, that – the Bruins and, and Rangers play each other very late in the playoffs. I thought the Rangers were a winner, obviously, um, with Patrick Kane. One of the teams that I thought was a loser, they had such a great offseason, surprising everybody with the deals they were to pull off. The Calgary Flames, they're not, they didn't do anything. And I thought that's a disappointment after the offseason they had. I thought they were going to try and make more moves. Yeah, and it doesn't look good for Calgary to get into the postseason right now. Uh, they're five points behind Colorado for the mm-hmm. final playoff spot. And Colorado's arrow is pointing up mm-hmm. far more than the flames. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, in addition to what you said, like uh, uh, funny enough, it doesn't matter what the playoff format would be. The Rangers and the devils would face in the first round under the new format or under the old format. It's unbelievable. Uh, but I think that's a tremendous matchup because both of those teams are winners for me of what they did. The Rangers adding Kane and Tarasenko, the Devils getting Timo Meyer. I'll let go of what Matt said. I, I like what Boston did. The best team got better. Um, uh, Pittsburgh added four guys, but they're all over 31. Yeah, That doesn't make sense to me. I thought Carolina would be a bigger player. I'm disappointed in them 
maybe not so much a loser because Carolina is still the best, second best team in the East. Just disappointed. Like uh, I thought Arizona's a loser because I, you know, I thought they would have gotten more and stocked the cupboard a little bit more to try to get a generational talent, and they folded on the Chikrin deal mm-hmm. after coming out swinging for the last year and a half mm-hmm. on what they wanted for Chikrin. I really like what the LA Kings do. I'm. I think the Vancouver Canucks, John, are a loser. Oh, what did yeah. the Canucks do? Yeah, nothing. Handed over a first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> like Philip Peronic going to be the difference for the Vancouver Canucks? That you had to give up a first and a second. Yeah, no, no. If you give up a, we just talked about the deal. First and second. You want Jacob Chikrin, or do you want Philip Peronic? Like the difference is a fourth in in what that deal ends up being. Oh, it's the, I'm, I'm telling you guys, you guys are all playing checkers. Steve Eiserman and the Iser plan. Let's go to page sixty-one of the Iser plan. Uh, get a, a, a <laughs> terrible team to flip you another first-round pick for a guy that you wouldn't have re-signed anyways. See a Tyler Bertuzzi. See a Philip Peronic. I don't even think the Canucks are playing checkers. I think they're playing go fish. What are they doing? I think they might be playing go fish, but they're sitting at a table playing poker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing that kills me about them too is they only have, they they have hardly any cap space either. Like they're terrible. And even if they just want to go out and spend and get someone, they can't. They're, they're so screwed. The Vancouver Canucks right now. It's ridiculous. Rashad. Cheer for another team already. If you say the Boston Bruins, I'm coming over there and strangling you. <laughs> they, they won a cup not that long ago. <laughs> oh. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. More hockey talk in a moment, but first it's time for our play of the week. But here we go. Eight seconds to go. And... Oh, there's a steal by the Spartans. Ganey looking, firing deep. Oh, off the glass. Two or three guys in his face. Jordan Ganey, the sophomore, banks it. SC Upstate shocks Gardner-Webb with a steal and a three-point bank shot in the dying seconds for a big college basketball win. And that was the winner of our Twitter poll for Play of the Week. Who the heck are these two schools? (laughs) March Madness, baby! I can't wait for it! SC Upstate! Let's go! (laughs) New new rule for, for Play of the Week. You have to be able to identify where these teams play to then uh, be able to vote for them. <laughs> what are you talking about? They play in the U.S. Do you, n- do you not know the SC Upstate Spartans? Go Sparty! <laughs> there, there's, a, there's one Spartan in college basketball. <laughs> SC Upstate, baby! South Carolina! What's, what's the name of the Gardner-Webb team? I have no idea. Where do they play again? <laughs> Gardner Webb? No wonder they lost. They're the running bulldogs, baby. Oh, I like a running bulldog. 
They're in North Carolina, so South beat North. Ooh. Oh, there you Actually, go. A grudge match. You know, the Gardner-Webb logo looks like the Georgia Bulldog. Oh, yeah. yeah it's okay. Even, it's even got yeah. the G in the, on the collar. The GW on the collar. You want to know how, how low is I like that logo. logo. You know how low Gardner-Webb is? They've basically stolen everything from the University of Georgia, and Georgia's <laughs> not even aware of it yet. <laughs> Gardner Webb may, may be paying royalties because their, I was gonna their say. marketing program uh, at Gardner Webb is, is top notch. I don't know. Let's just name them after another team and, and use their logo. Okay. <laughs> I, I think they are paying Georgia to use it. <laughs> Our play of the week is brought to you by Hooper's Lawn Care for all your lawn care needs in Windsor, Essex, and Chatham, Kent. Relax, your lawn care will be in good hands with Hooper's Lawn Care. And next week, we will post the poll at Podcast FFC on Twitter again. Lord knows where we're going to be getting footage from, but you can <laughs> vote for your favorite play for that one, and we'll release the winners again next week. How about MLS? Wow. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Minor leagues categories? <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Now some rapid fire questions. We had this good hockey question from Spencer and St. Mary's. Six teams are within four points of each other for the final two playoff spots in the East. The Islanders, Penguins, Sabres, Senators, Panthers, and Capitals. Spencer wants to know which two teams you think will make it to the postseason. Ooh, good question. Yeah, that's a good that's, question. Yeah. And to correct Spencer, there's seven teams within seven points of each other for the last two playoff spots, if you really want to look wow. at the standings. Thanks very much. Go Red Wings. Come on, you're looping in the Red Wings on that? They got two games in hand on a few of these teams, I'm just saying. Well, I, I'm glad you raised that, because I'm looking at the games in hand. Might be the difference. Yeah. The Islanders have played 65. The Penguins have played 62. Mm-hmm. Oh. Buffalo's played 62. Ottawa's played 63. Florida 64. Washington 65. So where are you going? Where are you going here? I, I don't know. I, like, I think the... I, I want to say the Senators sneak in because of the Chikrin deal. Ooh. Wow. Ooh, that's some that's some Buffalo smoking hot takes but, right there. But I'm looking at Ottawa's schedule, and it's not very good. <laughs> sure, they play Vancouver, but they also play Edmonton, Colorado, Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, they can handle those teams. Oh, sure they could. Uh, Buffalo's not any better, although they do have... Like, I like that some of these games, some of these teams play each other. Yeah. So they really decide the difference. <laughs> I, I I, think Sidney Crosby somehow sneaks in because Pittsburgh has three extra games in hand mm-hmm. just to get waxed. <laughs> um, okay, let's go Penguin Sabres. Wow. Okay. So you've got the top wild card seed Islanders on the way out. Yeah, they've played three more games than anyone else. Wow, I like it. 
I like it. I'm going uh, with uh, going a little bit lower down the uh, the standings there as well. I got the Florida Panthers making the playoffs this year. They're sitting at 64 games, 68 points. I got the Panthers coming through uh, the, the the mediocrity of uh, Ottawa and Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And I think the New York Islanders are going to stay in the playoff hunt just because Manny said they wouldn't. You know what? I'm looking at the Islanders' schedule now. It's weak. <laughs> they got Anaheim, San Jose, Columbus. Preach. Mm. They might win the division. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Take it easy. Good question, though. Yeah, really good question. And Daniel from Chatham sent us this note about Jose Bautista, who's being inducted into the Blue Jays' level of excellence on August 12th. Daniel's hot take is that Jose is only getting in because of his bat flip. Agree or disagree? Oh, that is a spicy take. (laughs) Wow. Man, that's... (laughs) Jose, listen. First and foremost, I can't stand Jose Bautista. But... He he speaks highly of you, though. Well... (laughs) That's because I put on a front. <laughs> like if you're gonna, if you have a ring of champions, or what, what's it, what's it called in Toronto? Level of excellence. The level of the level of excellence so high nobody can see where it is. <laughs> the the guy Jose Bautista played for the Blue Jays for ten years, played over twelve hundred games, was part of playoff teams that the Blue Jays hadn't had in in 15 years or so, 20 years in in the time in between there. Like, say what you want about the bat flip, which is probably, realistically, behind Joe Carter is the second most epic thing that's ever happened to the Toronto Blue Jays. Like, Jose Bautista put in some work in Toronto. He's he's definitely level of of, of average uh, uh, <laughs> level of something. Yeah. John, he's John. Better, you're the, he's better than Manny Lee. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now easy, Manny <laughs> Lee with that glove. Come on. <laughs> okay, so John, you're the Jays fan. Yeah. Ten years in Toronto, Jose Batista had how many seasons with forty plus home runs? Oh, I'm going to guess. Do I have to know this or are you quizzing me? I'm a, it's a quiz. Don't look it okay, up. Okay. Okay. I'm going to guess. Is it three or four? Oh, good for you. It's three. Okay. Yeah. He had a lot of average seasons in there before he had his epic, epic couple of years there. Yeah. He hit over 260 twice. <laughs> For the year, right? Well, he he hit two sixty, and then he hit over two sixty twice <laughs> out of those ten years. So, I, I, okay, to Matt's point, I'll give it to you. He did put in some work, but I think the bat flip does play a huge part because it is one of the most memorable events moments memories ever in in Blue Jays history. Yeah. So I, I think it plays a factor in it. It's not all about it, but it plays a factor. Yeah, yeah I agree. For sure. But uh, look at look at who's in the who's in the ring uh the ring of fame or whatever it's called. Level of excellence. <laughs> level of excellence. Paul, Paul Beeston, George Bell, Joe Carter, 
Tom Cheek, Carlos Delgado, Tony Fernandez, Cito Gaston, Pat Gillick, Roy Holiday, Dave Steep. You're telling me you're going to have a conversation about some of the great Blue Jay players of all time, and Jose Bautista's not in that conversation? Listen, I'll, I'll say this right now. I'm looking at the numbers, too, and I'll, I'll say it out loud to all of you, because who cares? <laughs> Jose Bautista is a better Blue Jay than Joe Carter. Whoa. No way. For wow. sure. No way. Joe no Carter, way. Joe Carter was a Blue Jay for seven years. He had over 40 home runs zero times. And he hit over 260 three times. Yeah, but what did Jose do in the playoffs besides the bat flip? That's a good they, point. They didn't make the playoffs. Look, what, what did the. What that's did, my what, point. Okay. Like he yeah. had all. That's my point. He had all these years and he couldn't propel them into the postseason, into the World Series, where Joe Carter may have hit the biggest hit ever in Blue Jays history. Yeah, he got one hit in the World Series for the Toronto Blue Jays that will will be remembered forever. Hey, Manny, while you're Googling things, let's see how many games Roy Holiday got the Blue Jays into the playoffs for. None. (laughs) None. We're we're talking about hitters, not pitchers. If you're going to say that Jose Bautista is lower than Joe Carter because Joe Carter got into the playoffs... Are, are you not saying that? Uh, that no, I'm not okay. saying that because it's a hitter and a pitcher. <laughs> but this is what you're saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. You said Joe Carter was higher than than, than Jose Bautista because he got him in the playoffs. Rashad, can can we confirm this? Yes. So, how yep. many pitchers have gotten the Blue Jays to the playoffs more than Roy Holiday, arguably the greatest pitcher in Blue Jay history? Dave Steve did. He's already up there. I know. <laughs> Pat Hankin, is he in there? No. No. Pat Hankin should be in there. <laughs> well, like Jose Bautista is a shoo-in, bat flip or not. No, he's not a shoo-in, bat flip or not. <laughs> the bat flip is part of it. <laughs> the, bat, the bat flip is part of it, just like Joe Carter's home run is part of it. But put the two t- numbers together. D- decide which one you want. I'll take the, the Jose Bautista, three-time Silver Slugger, six-time All-Star to Joe Carter just because Joe Carter won a World Series. Two World Series. And by the way, the Blue Jays are going to autograph and auction off last year's home run jacket. How much would you pay for that jacket? Two cents. <laughs> oh. <Ooh. laughs> it's it's going to go for six digits, right? It's probably going to go for 250000 right? It's $250,000, but... Oh, I as, think easy. As a non-Blue Jays fan, I... I wouldn't give my money. Even as a Blue Jays fan, it's so lame. Like, it, <laughs> uh, lame. Like, I hate oh, it. You know what? I'll disagree with you on that, Rashad. It, it's a cool jacket for what it is. 
But to me, if you're not a playoff team, it just shows cockiness to me. I I would light that thing on fire for warmth before I'd pay money to buy it. <laughs> but he's the Blue Jay fan. Wow. Oh, it irritates me. I'm like watching that and it's like, you guys are how far out, how many games back of first and you're putting on a goddamn home run jacket? Like sit down. Honestly. Look, Vladdy's gonna sign it. Bo Bichette. It's a long season, man. You got you got to have fun somehow. You're stuck playing, and your home stadium is not even a baseball diamond. You got to have fun somehow. Mm. I don't like it. (laughs) 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 And now we have a question for chat from Chad in Strathroy. Who's going to win the World Baseball Classic? Ooh, yeah, that's on too. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. I forgot about it. It's one of my favorite things, too, and I didn't even realize. It's like, it's upon us. It is. No Vladdy Jr. speaking of the Blue Jays for the Dominican. No, that's unfortunate. They're the odds-on favorite at plus 210, USA 250. I don't mind Japan at 275. Third best odds with Otani? Hmm. Uh, you know who? Like this is from from the other programs that are uh, in this uh, this classic. Like this is better than the men's Olympic uh, hockey stuff. When you look at the depths of teams, like they're talking about Puerto Rico is one of those teams that you really got to look out for. Venezuela and the Dominican Republic are in the same pool. Yeah, like th- that's the same pool that they're in. Yeah, like. Cuba is in there as well. Um, there's there's some depth there, uh, but same thing. I'm going to take you know I'm going to take Dominican uh, the Dominican Republic over Japan in the final. You front runner, yeah. Just because <laughs> I knew it would make him mad, and Vlad Junior is not going to be there, so now I I can cheer for them. Okay, I, I'm going. I'm I'm taking them all the way. Who you got, Rashad? I'm going to go with either the Netherlands or Taipei. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> the long shot favorite. <laughs> yes, he is. And then a message from Janet in Windsor. What did you think of Travis Kelsey on Saturday Night Live? I I just found out he hosted it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for keeping me up to date, Janet. <laughs> I, it was all right. I, I didn't mind some of the skits. I think the best skits is when his brother appeared in it. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. A, there was a skit about uh, football players uh, picking up women who are mad they have weak boyfriends or husbands. That was kind of funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> did uh, did the, the, the news guys have any good racist jokes? <laughs> <laughs> they did have a couple of good jokes, actually. Yeah, I guess he <laughs> They did have a couple good jokes. Those guys are great. They weren't Chris Rock jokes from Chris Rock special. <laughs> Nobody bashed Will Smith on SNL like Chris Rock did. <laughs> right, Rashad? Yeah, I'm making a recommendation. If anyone has an hour and you want to laugh your ass off, the new Chris Rock special, it's very Chris Rock. So, I mean, you don't want to watch it with your grandparents, but uh, it was really funny. <laughs> Who watches Chris Rock with their grandparents? I don't know. I'm just saying. 
Grandma can be a Chris Rock fan. <laughs> Actually, uh, I think Chris Rock's mom was in attendance. Didn't he say that? Rashad? Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah. Right before he said one of the grossest things in that whole show. <laughs> uh, excellent entertainment that was. It, it was good. It was good. It was good. I, I liked it. it a lot. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. We're going to do something a little different. Justin in Bell River sent us a question about how great the movie The Hangover is. And this song just happened to be the number one song this week in 2009. That's right round by Flow Rider featuring Kesha. And it was not only in the movie The Hangover, it was also the number one song on the Billboard charts for six weeks in February, March, and April of 2009. So fellas, pump it or dump it. Wow, so we're all this talk about movies has got Justin talking about some classic movies and he brings up the hangover. Great movie, by the way. Yes. The oh. original was a great movie. You, you know I'll, what? I'll, I'll pump I'll, this song. Yeah, me too. Oh, absolutely. This is this is a no brainer. And I'll you know, the hangover, looking it up while Justin brings it up here, two thousand nine is the year that the first hangover came out. Uh, I pose the question to you guys. Has there been any comedies made after that movie? Yeah, nothing that funny. Like, uh, you don't like The Hangover 2 or Hangover 3? No, neither of them were were very good. I don't even think I saw the third one. I think the third one was better than the second one, I thought. Okay. Um, You know what I thought was pretty funny in the interim is uh, Crazy Rich Asians was pretty funny. I thought that was good. Okay. But okay. yeah, I can't think of a lot of other funny comedies since Nothing. Then. There's nothing funny out there anymore. Yeah. Old Just, school was before The Hangover, right? Yes. That whole yeah. run was all before like the Talladega Nights and the Semi-Pro and all that stuff. That was all before. Um, I, I really don't think there has been. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain, actually. And we're talking like, well, this was 2009. It's 2023 now. So we're talking like... 13, 15, 25 years. Right? Um, Amy Schumer had a funny one. Um, what was that called? No, she didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you're thinking of Trainwreck, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, you know, we talking about The Hangover, there was that movie Bridesmaids, right? That was like the female version of The Hangover. Yeah. Yeah. What year did that come out? That was 2011. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was good. That was a funny movie. That was funny. Maybe not on the same level. Like, I wouldn't say... Yeah. I think no women way. liked no it a lot way. more than men did, but yeah. There's just nothing, there's nothing funny anymore out there, except for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're pumping the song. I'm going to watch The Hangover again. That's yes. what I'm going to do. Let's do it. <laughs> 
And that does it for this week's debate. Remember, folks, uh, follow us all week long on social media, Podcast FFC, on Twitter and on Instagram. Oh, you got Facebook as well? Well, we're on there too. For Future Considerations is the name of the Facebook page. And don't forget, if you have any questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email, forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors on the program. Shane Topolovic, our good friend of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sports training and nutrition, and the good folks at London Awnings, quality that shows. And a shout out to our newest sponsor as well, Hooper's Lawn Care, for all your lawn care needs in Windsor, Essex, and Chatham, Kent. Sit back, have a beer, watch somebody else take care of the outside <laughs> of your house. Relax. Your lawn care is in good hands with Hooper's Lawn Care. And uh, for next week, maybe, we should assign some homework to our listeners. If anyone can come up with one of the funniest movies in the last 10 or 12 years, then refresh our member if we miss something. But uh, otherwise, yeah. thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you next week on Four Future Considerations. And not indie funny either. Like, really funny. <laughs> Grab the popcorn, baby. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.